Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> oh my god, Tommy! I'm so scared. Up it. I'm it's done. like fully retracted. Like, I'm welcome to food for thought. <laughs> oh, a podcast gathers around a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <gasps> identity, <gasps> culture, <gasps> what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for thought. We want to suck your dick. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Halloween dick. Oh my god, wait. Oh have y'all god. ever gotten a Halloween dick? I've had the Halloween walk of shame before. Oh, oh my god, tell us what, what was the costume. Say, say, what say, was say, the say. costume? Uh, it was like one, I I had, uh, I, now I just wear this, like, I have a slutty costume go-to. It's a glow-in-the-dark <laughs> skeleton outfit that I've cut to be super short. Ooh, yeah. Short. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cut yes. sleeves off, obviously, because sleeves is a hate crime. Uh, and that does... It's not day glow. <laughs> um, and it like it's it it definitely was like looser fitting on the r- subway ride home. Let's put it that way. With yeah. The vigor with which it was ripped from my body. Oh, no. <laughs> listen, listen. Costumes it's, are meant to be broken. It's fully one day that I love living in New York because I had a Halloween walk of shame one day, and I, my costume was just like it was slutty. I think I had these ridiculous like jeans that I had. I can't remember. It was it was ridiculous, but I was fully like walking a walk of shame to the subway. And then I walked past a man doing what I think was performance art, where he had nothing on but bikini briefs, and he was carrying a 1980s boombox on his shoulder, blasting like loud opera music. And I was like, you know what? No one is even looking at me. <laughs> it is New York. It's... I am fine. Oh my god! I um have most certainly. There was a year that I was dating this guy pretty seriously, and both of us dressed up as angels for Halloween. But did you coordinate, oh. or was it just like a surprise? Uh, it was actually a semi surprise because I just I'm I was an angel basically four years in a row. Like I just have these this very expensive, very large pair of angel wings that I was just like, well, I gotta. Get my wear and tear out of these. Like, I gotta get my money's worth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I remember ma- we were neighbors at the time. I remember him making him come over so we could have sex as angels. Oh, oh I am obsessed with, with wings that. strapped on, mama. It was not convenient, but, no, uh, but no. it was worth but it. it. Is, it was worth but it is it. fully for the, fantasy for, for worthy. The when fully fantasy worthy. Fuck. <laughs> um, when raindrops <laughs> fell. <laughs> so, this is like. Fucked up on so many levels. Oh, oh no. no! Oh no! Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Just, just don't say it. Just don't say it. Don't get us canceled. Don't get us canceled. My freshman year in college, I I dressed as a baby for Halloween because I wanted to wear something slutty and in in like like show a lot of skin. But I didn't like I didn't think of wearing like a woman's costume. That's like not something I would have done. I wasn't at that place yet. Anyway. Um, this dude who was really hot that I had the biggest crush on who was a junior 
pursued me that night, and I did have a walk of shame the next morning from As his dorm <laughs> in my in a diaper and a bib and I did not yet know that diaper fetishes are a real thing Ooh. but this they are real this is I'm not kink shaming I'm just stating a fact they are real they exist and that Dennis, was a thing that happened Dennis this makes a lot of sense for you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah it's totally on brand support. it's fully yeah. on brand uh, I am Tommy Teebs Pico. I'm an indigenous poet, screenwriter. I'm the trick and the treat. Thank you. I'm Fran. I'm a writer and editor, and I have been described by past lovers as vampiric. So <laughs> that is, you know, that that, that tracks. I, I'm I'm on it's this fully theme real. Here. Yeah, fully real. I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and I'm a morning farter, but an afternoon fleeter. Oh, that is. The spookiest oh. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that that it's like and, where where does it come from? And be real an afternoon farter and an evening farter. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much the night farter and a bar farter. And... Pretty much an always farter. <laughs> and I am Dennis Norris the second, and I'm a reader and a writer, former figure skater, and newsflash, I am what you did last summer. Oh, oh that's really okay. good. That's <laughs> very good. Oh my god. I, I stand. I stand. Uh, Fran, will you tell us what we've got on the menu today? <laughs> of course. <laughs> it is a ooky spooky Halloween episode. Uh, first up, would you fuck Freddy Krueger? Oh, we will debate. Um, we will give some very terrible, unsolicited, spooky advice. Oh, it's very spooky. <laughs> and Dennis shows us the spooky <laughs> spice of life. <laughs> Take it away. The like spice that. of death. <laughs> bok, 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 bok. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit peckish. Dennis knows how I feel. Yes, I do. So let's start the top of the show the way any good top should with a little tease. Our uproarious appetizer segment amuse Boosh. And to amuse our Booshes, Fran got a little game for us. That's right. In the spirit of the season, we have a swipe right, swipe left. Ooky spooky mm. edition. <laughs> uh, so right is the Tommy can't handle. <laughs> ooky spooky. <laughs> I can't look at you. Hate it when I say ooky spooky. Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong, Tommy? I'm terrified. Tommy, what's wrong? <laughs> One, two. Wait, what's the name of the count? Um, anyways, okay. Truscula. So if you've never played this game, swiping right is the good thing and swiping left is the bad thing um so gotcha. ooky spooky edition would we swipe right or swipe left on freddy krueger right oh my god i love a man with a shitty sense of humor this <laughs> <laughs> is the worst puns uh, rick you're such a meatballer welcome to the prime time bitch and i'm just like you know what i'm here for that yes. yeah, yeah 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 love an evil man with a sense of humor i love somebody who's uglier than me because they'll never leave me yeah right. yeah 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 I love having sex with someone who might kill me, so swipe right. Uh, <laughs> swipe right. You uh, Living life on the edge. That is very Joe of you. Yeah, yeah. Living, uh, having sex with someone who might end your misery. Yes. Um, yes. Swipe right, swipe left. Elvira. Ooh. Mm. Absolutely, oh, yes. Yeah. Swipe she right. She is a quine. Oh, yep. my God. Swipe Them right. Titties. Swipe Them right. Titties. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful, Beautiful gowns. gowns. <laughs> but also, like, Elva, I love the, 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 the 
the reemergence of Elvira in the wake of Kim Petras' Halloween album. Like, I really adored that. I, like, love her. She's in, she's a guest on um, RuPaul's Drag Race. She's just been, like, up and coming again. And I just, like, I want to see more of her this season. And Thank you. And people with hair to heaven love it. Love, yes. it. love it. Love it. Love it. Swipe right, swipe left. Dracula. Dracula. Mm, yeah, I mean, swipe right. I love an ancient horror faggot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've just slept with too many men that sucked the life out of me. Yeah, right. So you I think know. the thing that I don't like about Dracula is that he like kills you, but then you have to live forever. Uh, and living oh, forever sucks. sounds wow. Horrible. That is like your oh, worst nightmare. I know, truly, right. just like kill me and then let me be dead. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know. No, I swipe right. Swipe oh. right. Mm. I I love a man in a cape. Mm. I do. Mm. You're not afraid that a man in a cape would like outshine you in some way mm. a white oh, man no. a white man nonetheless I, I, I'm going to have a better cape okay <laughs> that's a foregone conclusion he is, he is just pale enough for Dennis <laughs> just passes just Dennis's pale just test. barely uh, swipe right swipe left the marshmallow ghost monster from Ghostbusters oh squish me oh my god sit on me no. make it so that I can't no. breathe oh my god yes, no swipe left I just like marshmallow a little bit like candy corn it's like I can have mm-hmm. a little tiny bit but then it's like then I just want to uh, like die every time I put it in my the mouth the thing about the marshmallow though is when you put it in your mouth for a while it sort of dissolves and comes that like cummy texture so that's great <laughs> no <laughs> Tommy's gonna no. vomit no I hate marshmallows they are disgusting I curse the day they were invented I love s'mores and I love candy corn. So how dare all of you? I also love candy corn. Candy, so we have candy corn is so Stop agreeing with each other. It's weirding me out. Swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> Ted Bundy. <laughs> um, I will swipe right on Zac Efron as Ted That's Bundy. That's what I was gonna say. Oh my god. I mean, he looks like he's made of linoleum, but like I'm into it. I'm so ready. Like I can absolutely dig it it's it's very it's it's very sexy the uh, movie itself was boring yeah yeah um, i gotta say no the thing is like i love scary movies but i cannot do true crime mm, yeah the other that, way around. that movie was true I crime love it was like crime. a basically a courtroom drama yeah so yeah yeah and the whole time um with a documentary not so much like the movie but with the D- ted bunny documentary mm-hmm. it was like oh my god his eyes are so blue, blue. and beautiful he's so Aryan and white. Oh my god, he's such a charmer. So okay. How could he be evil? He's beautiful. Yeah, I know. Like, You're have like, you ever dated a man? <laughs> like, evil and beautiful evil are. Like, that is a good thing. Like, yeah. if you had a, a graph for that, it'd be an exponential yes. correlation. Yes. Yes. Wait, that what is, is the science why word? Like the it's an exponential correlation. No. No, exponential is a curve and correlation is a correlation. You make everything not <laughs> shut. <laughs> shut up with all this math talk. Swipe, uh-huh. swipe right, swipe left. Swipe right, swipe left. Edward Scissorhands. Mm. Not mm. fisting friendly. I swipe left. That's true. That's not fisting friendly. <laughs> Edward you... Scissorhands, four fingers deep in you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like my surgeon when I had my butt cut open <laughs> was oh basically that situation. God. Oh, <laughs> My Lord. butt has been scissorhands. Once again, you do love... <laughs> The idea of dying. Yeah. You do. True. I gotta swipe and right. That's a dramatic way. On 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 Ed because love me an outcast. I do love an yeah. outcast. Love an outcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but not Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Swipe right on him. For He's me. over. No thanks. Swipe right. Swipe left. Angelica Houston in The Witches. Whoa, swipe right. Yes. Oh wow. Swipe. Has she ever looked better? That movie is a gay gift from God. Yeah. Agreed. It is truly one of the queerest things I've ever watched. She is 
a witch. She is the quintessential witch. Um, swiping right, swiping left, keeping on our Angelica Houston buzz, Morticia Adams. Morticia Adams is the only yes. Angelica Houston I like more than the witch's Angelica Houston. It's really perfect. perfect. I was going to say, yeah. I sh- yeah. A lot of people tell me that I remind them of her. I, or I, vice versa. More, I mean, the Angelica or Morticia? See it. I absolutely I get a lot it. of Morticia Adams mm-hmm. comparisons I, yeah. online. Yeah, I think that's I, very I fair. would love to see you with that hair, actually. Ooh. Can you fully grow Can your hair? Can you be Morticia Adams for Halloween? Oh, my yes. God. I literally should. Yes. Absolutely. You, you should. Oh my 100%. God. Okay. Go in white face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? If it's some sort of social commentary that someone can develop a statement for later, um, I'm happy to Ooh, do that. I can't wait to write a think piece about it. Oh, great. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> Pennywise the Clown. Yikes. Oh my God. What's the Skarsgård brother that plays him in the new It? Oh, who? I think it's Bill Skarsgård. One of, anyway, he is fine as fuck and he's like six foot a million. Pennywise is hot? Yes. Wait, I'm Googling right now. Also, seriously, me too. Also, he's got a nude scene on a movie that's full peen. What? Is it a good peen? Full peen that is being fondled by somebody. Oh, Oh, wow. I I mean, we've talked on the show before about how I love a large forehead. So, I think, I think against my will, I have to swipe right here. Wow, Bill Skarsgård is very weird. Like he's got that sick-looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. love your favorite. Yeah, hot. yeah. I love a man who looks like he needs more blood. Like, it's just like someone <laughs> give him, and you want to be the one to give now. him the blood. But he plays like the creepy person on almost every single thing he's ever been in. Oh, really? I mean, that's entirely appropriate. Look Ooh. at those beady eyes. Oh, Castle he's... Rock. He plays like a killer. I think oh, and... he's got these pouty little lips. Oh, oh wow. He's cute. Okay, I, I was gonna. I, I but I have. So I have to swipe left. I. I actually have a thing with you clowns. You can't do clowns. I can't. Can I cannot. Fu- I can't fuck with clowns. I can't watch clowns. I can't be in a building with a clown. If I know there's a clown somewhere, you will see a dentist shaped hole in the wall. <laughs> you are literally at a table with three clowns. Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? I know, and I don't know how I've survived this long. Honestly, swipe right, swipe left. The headless horseman. Swipe right. I mean, I feel like I, I sleep with a lot of men that don't have brains. So <laughs> seems like it's just a natural progression. I mean, he's an he's an athlete. Yes, he's, he's true. He, That's yeah. important. Equ- equestrian. equestrian. I, mm-hmm. I would love to marry a horse daddy. Doesn't yes. say very much. Which we no, love. Which we love. No, yeah. Um, I I think I have maybe going. I just had this unrealized fantasy of like dating a man who is like really into like horses and like mm. <laughs> yeah. equestrian sports. One time I knew a guy who liked to fuck near the warmth of horses was how he put it. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Okay. So that's a little uh, weird. That is already a play. That's... It's called Equus. Uh, and wow. Daniel Radcliffe gets naked. That's in it. Oh yeah. Yes, he did. Swipe right, swipe left. Michael Myers? Did you add this into the doc team? Michael Myers is the the villain in the Halloween movies. So oh. he's Austin Powers. So I'm not. I, we'll talk about this later. But I'm not like a scary movie um a scholar. Sure, so I did not know the reference. But if I was like, would... yes, Michael Myers is pretty scary. That's uh that tracks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he's like Michael Myers in the Halloween movies. Very tall, and he could beat it up. So swipe right. Is mm. he really tall? Very tall. Really? I'm I'm gonna swipe left. Okay. I, I I'll, to be fair though, all I can picture is him as Austin Powers, but mm. I got. He's not. Left. It's not Michael Myers. It's not Mike Myers. Wait, <laughs> Michael, Michael Myers is the name of the character oh, in Halloween. I've never Mike seen Halloween. Mike Myers is an actor <laughs> who oh, plays I was, Austin I was fully Powers. making a joke, wait, wait, and then Dennis fully did wait, I know. Wait, I didn't get this either. I thought it was yeah. literally Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> wait, Shrek. 
Wait, Tommy is the so character's bad. name is Michael Myers. Yes, the, no relation. No relation whatsoever. No idea. Wait, okay. wait, wait. Shagadelic baby. <laughs> Listen, okay. This is disrespectful of scary movies. If you would like to get with scary movies and you want to hear me talk about it in the podcast called Scream Queen. <laughs> Shut up. I had no idea. I've never seen the Halloween movies though. I truly have never seen them. If you really think about it though, Food for Thought is the Austin Powers of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's an we unfortunate have, truth. We do have bad teeth. And we're very horny. <laughs> <laughs> swipe right, swipe left. Norman Bates. <laughs> <laughs> I well, uh, swipe is, left. He's got too many mommy issues. You think? Yeah. I'm looking. He at kept a corpse of his mother uh, in a rocking chair during that whole movie. Oh, oh, oh he. Uh, From I Psycho. Oh, I'm that's what the right. Bates Hotel is yes, named yes, yes, after. Yes, yes, Bates yes. Motel. Oh. oh, I see. I swipe right. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> swipe right. Swipe left. <laughs> Pyman, as in hail, hail Pyman. Yes, king absolutely. of what is he? The king of death in the Hereditary movie? Sure, the twelfth king of hell. I believe. Yes, twelfth king of yeah, hell. Yeah. yeah, of course. You like, you like. <laughs> I don't know what it. I don't. It's the twelfth king yeah, of hell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hail, absolutely. Swipe hail. Right. Huh. Tommy and I are in a Pyman group chat. Uh, just where we t- uh, text uh, all occult satanic and, and satanic related yes. things. Fun, fun. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, y'all are disgusting. Thank uh, you. And this was awful to play. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I enjoyed myself are. nonetheless. So who can spooky? <laughs> no! <laughs> Cha-ching! Get out your coin purses, benches. It's time for Penny for Your Thoughts. Yeah. Yes. So this is our advice segment where we, uh, who are all very, very trash people, mm-hmm. whose advice you should not be taking, absolutely no, not. nonetheless no. uh, give you advice. And uh, if we were you, we would do the exact opposite of you said advice. You are welcome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start out, you know, we get, we put out asks, we get questions in all of our DMs, sometimes texted to but preferably us. Preferably not DMs. Preferably Please, email. Preferably emails. Thoughts, Thoughts at, at foodforthatpodcast.com. Yes. Uh, the first one is a great question. My question is regarding the use of terms gunkle, gay best friend, and other terms of this nature. I feel that they further separate us by putting sexuality at the forefront of platonic or familial relationships. What are your thoughts on these type of terms? Gunkle, gay best friend. I don't really give it that much thought, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if, 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 for me, if being angry about the term gunkle and GBF is like the only thing you have to be angry about like refocus you know there are a lot of other fucked up things happening yeah. right now we don't need to worry about like how like cis gay men are like coming across to like society at large I definitely feel like if this person is you know um if the if the person is like kind of putting you into this like cultural cubbyhole and they right. want you to be like a caricature of yourself mm-hmm. or a caricature of the GBF per se, um, or they you feel like they're not treating you like a human, that's a conversation to have, yeah. in my opinion. But like if you're gonna like get all like kind of justicey about it, mm-hmm. I just think that there are other things you can focus your energy. There are on. concentration camps yeah. on the border. Yeah, right, I like right now. You know what I, I mean? mean? I actually, um, you know, these are terms that I feel like I see queer people using for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually really love that because it sort of de 
destabilizes that term's place in culture and society. You know, it, it makes familial relationships into kinship relationships uh, and it reframes friendships as something that is explicitly and named as queer. Mm-hmm. So in just, you know, language does subtle things, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, if it's a queer person using these terms, it actually shifts language a little bit mm-hmm. in, in a way that I find really useful. Yeah, if it's straight people pejoratively calling you their gay best friend, fuck those people, mm-hmm. don't be their friend, mm-hmm. right? So it, right. it all depends on the context and who's using the term. And here's the other interesting thing about the letter is that they said, I feel that they further separate us by putting sexuality at the forefront of platonic familial relationships. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. That is a little bit of an internalized homophobia yeah, yeah, yeah. thing going on, just in the languaging of that, pro- uh, probably unintentional. But we yep. have to, like, you are queer. Welcome. Hi. Sex is entrenched in everything you do now against your will. Like that is just like how you come across to people. That is just how your introduction to the world is. If any mention of like you being gay ever comes across any conversation, that's just what happens. Like your job is to not be ashamed of it. Your job is to not suppress it. Your job is to like figure out how it fits into everyday conversations. The we as a society are less sex shamey at large. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I love the explicitness of it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we just fixed that person's whole life. Uh, and Excellent. Now we're moving on. Uh, the next question is, I am totally struggling with writer's block right now. Mm. If you have any advice on how to tackle that besides Adderall, I would gush with appreci- appreciation. And then it's like 14 crying emojis. <laughs> and yes, this question is for me. <laughs> uh, this is so funny because I, every like every time we talk about Adderall, Alex, our producer, talks about how scary I would be if I ever took oh Adderall God. once. Seriously. I can't. So I can't Adderall in human form. I, <laughs> and I feel like you've never once had writer's block because you're just like a machine of pushing. That's true. I just never sit down to write. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I talk about this. That is this, my writer's block. I talk about this with a lot of people. I don't really believe in writer's block. I think yeah. it is actually procrastination because when you think about it, you're writing all the time. Um, I Here's the thing. Um, my, the entire project of my writing is to constantly produce. And mm-hmm. I've had to I've had to set up my life in certain ways that I could continually do that. I've realized that like fear and procrastination uh, and intimidation are things that kind of conspire to hold me back when it right. does. And so I knew that I had to make the act of writing less intimidating. And one thing I did was I just go back through because the thing is, you're actually writing all the time. You don't have writer's block. You're mm-hmm. writing text messages. You're writing e- emails. Right. You're writing Instagram uh, stories, you're writing um, Twitters or whatever. So the writing is happening. And I think some Sometimes that writing can actually be really instructive and really good because what it Mm -hmm. has is an audience and a particular tone in a way that you talk to your best friend or however you text with people. So I think one way in which you could maybe exercise the demon of writer's block is to go through some of that unintentional, quote unquote, unintentional writing and like take Mm -hmm. a look at it and see if there's anything you can call from that. Yeah. And also, I mean, Tommy's absolutely right. Like we one of the best pieces of advice I'd ever received, um, which is in a book called A Few Short Sentences About Writing, was that we should change our definition of what we consider writing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And your your relationship to what you need in order to write. So if you're this person who's like, I need my blank piece of paper and I need my pencil and I need my candle and I need my glass of lemon water and I need my like more like this exact hour of the day like that is like a ritual that you can have for like your writing writing but also you don't even need a pen to write right. mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I mean in you can be phone. writing writing write on, on your phone or you can be writing on the train in your head mm-hmm. and like yep. pegging and like <clears throat> thinking about things pegging them in your brain like working through a plot line working through an essay working through an idea like you're writing yeah. you're writing 
I do that. think um, what what Alex Chi talks about when he talks about writer's block is super helpful. And I can't remember if this was in a seminar or in uh, his book on writing, but he actually, you know, he one thing he does brilliantly in that in his book on of essays is talks about pain as information mm-hmm. and fear mm-hmm. as information. So if you are writing a story and there's something blocking you, that's actually a gift because what it's giving you is notions of like what in this work is actually really frightening to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. figuring that out doesn't just unblock you, but it actually gives you insights into the work, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it could be that you are not ready to write that story. It could be that there's relationships in your life that are holding you back. It could be that the places that story will take you in your body or in your mind are stopping yeah. you from yeah. continuing but that is information that you actually as an artist desperately need and that if you have that information like oh shit this is going to go into some trauma that might be really harmful to me then you need to know that that's happening so you can decide whether or not to write that story and if to continue to write that story how you can protect your spirit as you go into that journey right yeah. and the most important thing you need to do is start Because if you don't start anywhere, you're not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you have Mm -hmm. to understand that you're going to be shitty. It's going to be really shitty. It's going to be shitty at first. Like I was talking to Terry Jones on on Twitter and she was like, my my characters always start off flat as pancakes. That's Terry Jones, American Marriage, Mm -hmm. one of the best writers in the country right now in the world. And if she starts out shitty, you can start out shitty too. Well, you think you're better than Tiari Jones? (laughs) You think you're not going to start out shitty? You're going to start out shitty. Be shitty. shitty. Listen, be shitty. Print it out. Get a red pen and a highlighter. And, you know, tumble, wash, reuse, recycle, et cetera. Like, keep going. Just do that. Just make it incrementally less and less shitty or more and more what it is that you want to say. All right. Last up. I've only dated one person, but I've also... But I've also had a six-year-long secret relationship with a deeply closeted man who identifies as straight. I consider myself single and open to the idea of a relationship with either a man or a woman. However, I found myself developing longing for relationships with people who are unattainable. (laughs) Everyone is looking at Tommy all of a sudden. I'm either there in relationships, live on whole other continents, are definitely not interested, or are unfortunately straight identified males. Mm. (laughs) Tommy. I also live in a place where queer men are accepted in society, but few, if any, cis straight women are comfortable dating them. Okay, so they're basically like ruling women out. They're kind of just like, I I don't have that. Like, women won't date me straight women right right? yeah Mm -hmm. i hardly ever have casual hookups and relationships seem like a distant fantasy in my head despite knowing in my heart of hearts i do want to settle down and start a family sometime in my future thoughts help what do i do My brain can't be attracted to unattainable men, which is like so I'm like same. it makes it very difficult for me to answer this question and deeply unhelpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> because have... like my I do have there's just a little mechanism in my brain that just can't turn on until the possibility is there. Oh, yeah. straight men like are so deeply unattractive for me. Like I definitely have longed for people who have that's been not been reciprocated, but I don't have that thing where I like crush on straight men. Why are you making this into a narrative that I cr- I don't they come to me, okay. not the other okay. way around. But okay. you like the fact that they're unattainable. Well, not just them, but people in general. I mean, because for the longest time, I mean, it seems like this person has figured out at least in writing in front of us that they want to be with someone and want to have a family. Yeah. And I would say like, let that intention guide your dating practice, which means like, if you want to be with somebody, date people who want to be with you. Right. I had to actually go back into my brain and be like, uh, maybe I'm trying to date unattainable people because I don't actually want to be with someone. And that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually want to be with somebody. Right, right, yeah. Right, that's right, why right, I was like, yeah. but I was un- entertaining the practice of dating because I felt like, well, that's what everyone does, right? Everyone like dates and then they find somebody and then they be with 
somebody. I, but when I thought about it, I was like, I actually don't want to be in a relationship. Right. That's why yeah, I'm not right, right, pursuing right, 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 one. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think I I was all about unattainable straight men for a long time, and I. I hated myself for it because I knew that it was keeping me from what I felt like I wanted at the time, which was to be in a committed, like sort of like monogamous or so relationship. But really, it's not that I was attracted to straight men. It's that I was attracted to a specific version of masculinity that I had been told my whole life was desirable and the thing that we wanted. And so once I went through the process of interrogating that and interrogating sort of why that was, I began to be so much Mm -hmm. more open-minded to different types of people. And I also... Like, as I began to think about, like, what I was actually attracted to about people that I had been involved with and what had been good about those situations, there was no reason why there weren't queer, like, well, for me, it was a little bit different, but there, there was no reason why there weren't queer pe- queer men who couldn't, like, do those things for me or provide those things for me. So it was sort of like, why was I setting my affections and my intentions on these unattainable men who I knew were unattainable going into it. And for me, it really was about the fact that I didn't think I deserved what I wanted. Mm. Um, that that was the society that we lived in. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's just, like, if there's a tr- if there's a trend like that in your dating and sex life, and it's consistently a trend that's, that's disappointing you, I think you have to interrogate it in order to get at the root of it yeah. so that you can begin, begin to move beyond it. Interrogate it with a therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's not, sh- I'm not saying that in a shady way. Like no. that just like helps yeah. you work yeah. through things like this. It's, it's, you have to be very careful because I haven't had this prote- particular set of circumstances, but I have set up situations in my life where I was addicted to longing where mm-hmm. like longing itself becomes a drug, mm-hmm. right? In a way that having doesn't. And longing sort of activates your nervous system in a way that having doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do think that it is really easy to fall, fall into patterns where that um, sort of response that your body does to like crushes and wanting someone and having it, you know, unattainable, um, that that becomes what you're searching for. You're mm-hmm. actually searching for longing, mm-hmm. not for a relationship. And so I think either you're, you are just searching for longing and you are just trying to avoid intimacy or whatever. And like, maybe that's just fine. And maybe you have to, inter- you have to, instead of interrogating yourself, you have to interrogate your goal. But if right. your goal is specifically to have a family and have a children, you have to be comfortable with intimacy. So you have mm-hmm. to get yourself there. Yep. So get yourself there somehow by dating people who live in your area code. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And dating is totally a thing where like it takes practice. Mm-hmm. And it, and if you have an intentionality, I think that's a, a very hard thing for me because I'm a romantic Pisces and I'm not super practical with these things but it actually is like you have to go on dates with people who you could date you have to see how that feels you have to do it a lot it's going to be awful but like and, and when you realize someone is not good for you you have to take the practice of cutting that off you actually like have to work at dating yeah. uh, and it just you know if, if that if your end goal is having partnership that's how you get there and especially with family yeah sucks mm-hmm. but you know there is certainly not gonna do it by being in dms with people who you're never gonna have that partnership nope. with nope. this message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor mercury insurance if you're looking to save some money you should really think about getting a quote from mercury because californians save an average of 677 dollars with mercury it's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's forward. A new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. 
Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Mmm, it's time we get to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And our meat this week is Halloween. Yay! So, I think a lot of, um, a lot of different societies throughout time, etc., have taken to observing the change of seasons from a sort of a growing and a harvesting season to like a sort of long winter. And the idea is that this time, and during this time, um, our world and the spirit world are more porous to each other. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so that's sowing. That's like um, Dia de los Muertos for, for our, uh, uh, our our stand over here of cocoa. Yeah, you know I mean? like the spirits coming back and forth and all that kind of stuff. And so it has its grounding in lots of different societies and lots of different tribes and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you know, it's like a time for spooky stories and slutty costumes. And my favorite mm. substance of all space and time. Candy. 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 You love candy I so do. much. Really and do. even though, you know, I'm down for the horror and I love the gutter sluttery and my favorite thing in the whole world, Halloween is still super fraught for me. Mm-hmm. I think and partly it's because like in the city is mm-hmm. like one of the worst nights in America to go out in my humble it's so opinion. so awful. It's the It's worst. like New Terrible. Year's. It's like SantaCon. It's like um, uh, SantaCon. <laughs> oh my Saint God. St. Patrick's Day to a certain extent 4th of July and Pride and shit like that is because the streets have no common sense. And drunk straight men are like terrible no literally no but not terrible they terrify me yeah like yeah, yeah. I'm afraid I have seen like the wildest shit uh, on nights like this people puking in the street people fighting in the street people passed out and I'm just like everyone here is trying to drink as much as I do and y'all can't handle it okay? y'all can't keep <laughs> up pract- gays practice year round for this <laughs> yes and like this is straight people's pride yeah. honestly <laughs> this is absolutely what it is like they're al- just like how dare you I'm also afraid of literally popping someone in the motherfucking mouth because they're dressed like an Indian. Like, yeah. like I remember going to like yeah. Union Pool one time, and that was bad on me because I went to Union Pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah you should again. not have gone to Union but Pool, was, which is the heterosexual hookup bar in New York ooh, City. I was friends with a lot of straights at the time. I was 23 years old. You I were, didn't know the world yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I remember going, and there was this guy who had like a, a headband and like a feather collapse oh. in the middle of the floor and just be like, I'm a drunk Indian. And I was like, and you're about <sighs> to get your ass beat. Uh, and I would be really angry on Halloween and I would confront every single pe- person who was dressed like an Indian. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do with my life is stay in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll, we'll get into the mess. I'm curious as the throw the send off question. Um, what were some of your favorite, least favorite, tragic, tragic comic costumes over the, over the years? Oh. I was a faggot. Uh, how, how do you oh, pronounce that oh, word? Faggot. <laughs> we little faggot. Uh, when I was, I was probably eight or nine when I begged, begged my mother to make me a costume for the year because we were poor. We couldn't afford to buy costumes. My mom dressed me up as Peter Pan. I wore oh, green tights, tights so yes. slippers, pointy hat, the works. Wow. And I looked 
fantastic. Are there and pics? Can we put pics in our newsletter? Immediately cute. bullied. Um, no, just, it was. Uh, but I remember. I mean, Peter Pan was and still is one of my favorite characters growing up. It was one of my favorite movies. Is no longer because it's so racist. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but like it. But the but that that the, what Peter Pan embodies to me is so beautiful. And um, yeah, it was definitely an entry point into. Faggotry. I oh, was yes. always so butch growing up. I was like a fireman for like five years. In oh a row. my oh, god, it was so bad. But my favorite adult costumes are punny ones. One year, it was a 2009, so it was like beginning Barack Obama. I went. Let's see if y'all get this. Uh, I went yeah. dressed up as a doctor, and then I had planets and solar systems all attached to me. Doctors. Universal healthcare. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! That is so. That is so not funny. <laughs> you. Are- you are I'm voted mad. Off. I'm actually <laughs> mad. I'm I went, actually I went mad. dressed you up as a nightstand one time, which was one nightstand because I was the only one nightstand. Okay, so, so you're that person on yeah. the sitcom. So I you're know, that guy on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, I, I know. I this, don't know what that is, Dennis. That's, that that's like straight culture to me. That's. I I know me. this is in direct contrast to like me being bullied as a kid for dressing up for Peter Pan, but I want to beat you up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do. Um. So. My most memorable Halloween costume was, I think, in the third or fourth grade. Um, And I had, like, waited until the last minute, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And my sister fully was like, wait a second, I have an idea. And she got out one of my church suits, and I, like, rolled my eyes, and she was like, put on your church suit. She had me put on, like, a nice pair of shoes, and then she got a manila folder and she stuffed it full of Jehovah's Witness pamphlets. Wow. What? And I went as a Jehovah's Witness, like carried around a Bible. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to beat you up. <laughs> no, when I tell you that at nearly every single house, I got so much extra candy. I'm, what about you, Teams? One of my, okay, so I remember um, my mother, this is my parents. When I tried to come out at 15 and they were like, bitch, we know. <laughs> I remember I was like every single Halloween, I was I my mother worked at a thrift store. So I would just like get clothes from the thrift store and just dress up as a girl. And I was like, oh, oh this is the moment I can dress up as a girl. I'm just dressed up right. as a girl because it's Halloween. We can do that because it's Halloween, right? Yeah, it doesn't I mean anything. That. It, is a, it is an entryway to the, to the faggotry. Yeah, yeah. And so- I remember one time um, at school, because again, we were also poor. And so my mother ended up buying, you know, those like $5 costumes from the grocery store. Yep, yep, the ones yep. that had like the plastic and they mm-hmm. kind of like hooked into you and stuff um, my mother bought two she bought one that I wanted which was Skipper I didn't even my ambition was so low at that time I didn't even want to be Barbie I wanted to be Skipper you know wow. what I mean <laughs> I've come a long way oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so she bought one that was Skipper the doll and then the, another one that was a robot and she was like why don't you wear the robot one at school and then you could wear the Skipper one while you're trick or treating oh. I think trying to save me in some way yeah. but I went as, Skip, as Skipper I was out proud and loud nobody cared no the kids didn't care here's the thing it was like second that. grade mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that's right before uh, the homophobia yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, the homophobia my... did not leap Oof. out at that point but but also like oh, wow. people are like you're skipper and I'm like yeah I'm skipper what what who cares right, like right, I, right. I just I, I had no there was there was not a second thought in my mind that that's what I wanted to be for Halloween oh, wow, that's so beautiful and it was it was so it was a space for me to explore Gender, right, you right, know, right, right. and mm. then there was one Halloween um, that I just think. Speaking of Halloween, Dick, uh, uh, 
me as Andy Warhol getting fucked by Captain America. <laughs> no. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. How did that? How, what was that? I call that like? patriotism. Uh, my my friend just kind of caked me in like white powder. I had platinum blonde hair at the oh, time, right, right, right. so it just kind of combed it to the side. I like wore sunglasses inside, and I was like spoke to people. I whispered into people's ears instead of speaking that. to them. I yeah, yeah. That. And then there was a Captain America that night, and we're just like, I this visually should be good right yeah. Good. Oh, yeah you know what's so funny is i have like a really weird relationship to halloween at large because my parents were fundamentalist christians they were like ookie spooky was like the devil like i was mm-hmm. not allowed to watch hocus pocus was not allowed to watch you know bed knobs and broomsticks like at kiki's delivery service like any witch stuff any devil stuff any any of that and i was shockingly allowed to celebrate halloween obviously could not wear ookie spooky costumes because that was the devil but um i i think that it my kind of contentious stop making fun of me for saying ookie You're spooky, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not making fun i just literally cannot stop laughing That's all. i'm good though i'm good spooky. all right let's do this ookie spooky bullshit ookie spooky. Ookie spooky. um I, one of my favorite things uh, about Halloween that has kind of like shifted over the years because it used to be like, oh my God, it's the devil, it's the devil. And now I'm kind of like, it's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you know, it is the witch's new year. Like it, right. it like, you know, comes from like ninth century traditions of like, you know, the Christian church obviously making it from All Saints Day to like All Souls Day, which slowly evolved into like Halloween traditions. Um, and a lot of um, neo-pagan um, ideas of what this time of year is, is essentially a witch's new year and it is a kind of celebration of what they call the dark half of the year Mm -hmm. it's the darker half of the year so when you think about Halloween and when you think about um, what it means to embrace it not just from like uh, a satanic witch perspective but like from a personal perspective it is a gleeful running into the darkness mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. embracing what is beautiful and what is scary and delightful about the unknown mm-hmm. and the fear that mm-hmm. comes from that. Um, I just, I mean, that's just kind of like what fear is at large. Like fear drives like, you know, pretty much everything we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? In mm-hmm. smaller, big ways. And that is something that's beautiful about Halloween. And also the, the tradition of Dia de los Muertos is that you're kind of like laughing in death's face. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah. You're a thing. Like, I get that. Like, I'm going to fully embrace it in this tradition um, that is baked in so many things that are beautiful. It's so interesting. I think about, you know, if we think about Halloween as sort of the beginning of the dark half of the year and Easter as sort of the the end, they're both holidays that are marked by sort of breaks in routine and excessive consumption, right? On Halloween and on Easter, both we have candy. Mm -hmm. And I just know that for me growing up, like my family was like no candy allowed at all except for this one day of the year when they couldn't stop me from getting it from other people and it was my favorite holiday growing up for that reason because I loved candy so much and I never ever got it and I did the same thing every year where I ate like half of my Halloween (gasps) candy that night and fully fully got sick every (laughs) year but could not stop myself and that ended never (laughs) except for now I wait for the day after Halloween to go to the store to buy the half off candy oh, yes. and then buy all of the bags of the mini candy bars and I'm just like nom, 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 nom. I cannot there's just something about my brain and that holiday and the the ability to let yourself go mm-hmm. and I think you're talking about that in terms of like gender and like being able to use it to play but you know holidays and sort of the break in routine mm-hmm. that they give us to like do something different be a little excessive take yeah. the risk take the plunge mm-hmm. you know what I mean eat the candy bar yeah. well and now that we're adults uh, <laughs> the day after Halloween is 
is even better because oh, yeah. all the Halloween candy is like seventy five percent off. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so good. That's its own holiday. <laughs> it's totally its own holiday. But I think it's, it's you know so many people talk about winter being as a time of like staying in the house and generating work. You know, I think these mm. dark the dark times. I I think that's what Halloween does, right? It takes this time that you're like, oh, winter fucking sucks, and turns it into something that we're actually celebrating, moving into and toward. And you know, it's like everyone talks the same thing about Mercury retrograde, how much it sucks, and blah 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 blah. But again, like every season is just a different opportunity, mm-hmm. right? So Mercury retrograde is again sort of that opportunity for like deep internal work. And it might not be the time to like communicate that work out to the world, sign contracts, put stuff out, mm-hmm. but it is that time to like actually do the creative work. And I think about winter kind of the same way. And Halloween is a celebration of moving into this more internal, more familial, cooking stews, mm. like, you know, writing, like actually getting writing done instead of being in a tank top, being a slut yeah. in the streets. The two of you are like brushing, just like barely caressing something that like I think is like really interesting. And that is like, you know, what uh, what fear means to us, what the unknown means to us. Like my favorite card in the tarot, actually not my favorite, but like one of my favorite cards in the tarot is the moon card. You know, the mm, moon is the like the, the witch's mascot. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? And so much of what that card embodies among a lot of things is like the unknown and the embracing of the unknown I want to I feel like we should talk about like fear and like how it motivates our lives or maybe how it motivates us when we watch scary movies or when Mm -hmm. we foray into weird relationships and how I you know this holiday kind of fosters a culture of fear in a positive way question mark Mm. well in a manageable way right right I mean Uh, I feel like one of the reasons why I love scary movies so much was I remember I saw my first one it was um, Lost Boys and it was actually in the theater and I was way too young and this was like a van Empire movie uh-huh. and I should not have been there and I got too scared and I started crying and my dad was furious oh, wow. and I, my I my dad has like a rage problem and I understood I was terrified of him and I kind of in that oh. moment I, I remember being so afraid of him and then less afraid of what was on screen because mm-hmm. that was play fear and mm-hmm. this was yep. like real fear wow. and I started to associate scary movies with like a kind of like a, 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 a play version of that fear but one that like I could actually get a charge off of mm-hmm. you know one that like I wasn't actually scared of one that was a little more fun one that was communal I love seeing scary movies I love seeing scary movies in theaters I love seeing scary movies in theaters with friends yeah. because there is um there's an excitement to it, a rush that like that is that that brushes up against like actual literal fear mm-hmm. when it came time to like confronting fear in my uh, like rage in my life um in my family oh, yeah i i feel like i have a sort of similar experience in that like also because much like Fran I grew up in a home that was deeply religious and like I I had very strict parameters about the ways in which I was allowed to engage with Halloween I was like already in an environment that was kind of teaching me to look at it and be very much like this isn't real this is just for fun it's like whatever it's silliness it's foolishness Um, the the real scary stuff is elsewhere and so then when I started seeing scary movies and I wasn't too young for them I think the first like even not even really scary movie but like like murder film that I saw was I Know What You Did Last Summer. That was kind of like the first thing that was even remotely like that. Love it. And like, I was like, oh, this is like dumb. And then I, what I have said to people since then is that the first scary film that I actually saw was something that I saw with my parents 
um, in our own house when I was five, and that was Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. And that, like, that movie freaked me the fuck out. Like, I still can't handle a pigeon coming, like, within a few feet of me. And that's a problem because I live in New York City. Yeah, and then pigeons are going to shit on they, you. But you know, they, don't, they don't give a fuck. They no. might poke your eyes out. Um, but it was just the idea that, like, like the purpose that the, the, the um, holiday served for me was to take what was, like, like fake scary and make it not scary. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like shift my focus onto the things that were actually scary. It's like, kind of like, like a the, practice the, round. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a practice round. And that was and that was really interesting. And that was really helpful for me because years later, like part of why I don't actually do anything for Halloween now is because um it was Halloween of 2010 when my when I got a call from my family that my dad had gotten into a coma and was like oh, wow. gonna die. Mm-hmm. So or it was the day before Halloween, and I had actually like I had like a sort of fancy RA job at, at in graduate school and I was supposed to like be free that weekend and I had taken on my role of being on call in the dorm to be available to take drunk students to the hospital because I was working I was just like working really intently on a short story and I got that call and then the next day I flew home and that was Halloween it was like on October 31st that I flew right, home right, right. so I don't really engage with the holiday that much anymore but it was interesting because I began to look at it and say oh like an actual like scary thing happened to me around that time of my life. Mm. And I felt like there was a connection that I was grateful for in a way. Like, I felt like there was a way in which I could handle it or deal with it because of the relationship I'd had with Halloween Mm. in my life until that point. I have a very, like, cartoony version of Halloween growing up and even in my life now. It's like, it it, it wasn't really about fear in any meaningful way. I uh, have a really tough relationship to fear. I don't like horror movies. They they distill the fear. They don't sort of dissipate it. Mm. Um, I... You know, it's I not so much horror that that type of fear, but fear really for much of my life and still even now drives too much. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. fear of failure, fear of loss, uh, fear of abandonment, uh, fear of like financial ruin mm-hmm. uh, drive fear that is deeply motivating to me because because I'm afraid constantly of literally having to move back home with my parents or whatever that keeps me like working hard and having multiple jobs and saving money and stuff but so much of my of my life and decision making has been driven by fear uh, and I don't it's really hard for me to confront that in a meaningful way mm. uh, and certainly things like Halloween and scary movies don't help that's like not a thing that helps me like what helps me is sort of like getting rid of the fear altogether gotcha. does that make sense yeah sure mm-hmm. I mean I, now I want to get you extremely high and take you to a scary movie no please god can you imagine the tears um, the, mid, tears. the things that actually scare me about scary movies now are not like it's not the gore and it's not the blood but it's like the Babadook when that mom she can't she has this kid that won't shut up and I'm just like and it's like combative and it's like fighting with other kids and I'm like that is the horror movie. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> Real life. Real um, life. But it's like in Insidious, yeah. it's like Rose Byrne wanted to be a songwriter, but she ended up having a kid with Patrick Wilson and right. he's cheating on her with like some spoiler alert, but he's cheating like seven years later, but he's cheating on her with right. like somebody at the school that he works at. And there's this kid and she can't, she can't, she has no access to her creative life anymore right. because her family came and supplanted, supplanted that. And that is terrifying right, to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't about the in, the demon. Right, it was well, about that kid. The, the yeah. metaphoric quality of a lot of horror movies is what mm-hmm. has really turned me on to it. Like, yeah. Hereditary still to this day is like one of the... I will never watch it again because it was truly horrifying. But it's like one of the most 
thoughtful, like insightful movies I'd ever seen it portraying grief. Complicated grief. Yeah. Complicated mm-hmm. grief and the way that the people you love are forced to envelop around that mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. and to kind of be warped into whatever you're going through. And different ways that they express grief, you mm-hmm. know, frustration or dissociation or, mm-hmm. you know, there was so many ways in which like that family, it was like it was um, dysfunctional to begin with and then the inciting incident happens and then it is like it's not just dysfunctional it is like um fully fucking ripped apart yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know I, when when we're talking about uh halloween and scary movies it's just so interesting the way in which like grief is a human experience trauma is a human experience you have it no matter what and all of these rituals help us all process through those things and some people like y'all do it by sort of distilling that down into a moment and then some people like me halloween was is about celebration sort of a letting go of being with community of having alcohol of dancing and that is actually how i process the grief of being a human is sort of by actually Ooh. feeling joy mm-hmm. uh giving myself a moment off giving myself an excuse to to not be afraid of failure or of my job but actually just to enjoy being with people and you know the the joy of consumption the the feeling of candy on your tongue mm-hmm. the feeling of letting yourself not worry about the calories but for one day of the year just experience the the pleasant of sweet and then know? letting it wreck your whole life in the middle of the night by getting sick and, <laughs> and, 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 and I don't do that anymore I don't not, do that anymore and in turn not just wrecking your whole life but wrecking your whole <laughs> hey. Halloween dick hey. I have gotten plowed on Halloween yes yes I have <laughs> I'm feeling full but I could fit one more thing inside of me Dennis knows how I feel Ooh. Dennis, literally, you're on your phone. You're supposed to be making your noise, Dennis. <laughs> oh, this... my God. Okay. Okay. Guys, keep in mind that we're talking about Halloween. So I am bringing the dessert to you today as um, pumpkin spice. Just pumpkin spice at large. Pumpkin spice at large. Now, its original form... <laughs> Dennis its has original been form... <laughs> Its original form is the latte, right? As far as we know, the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte. First pumpkin spice ever. (laughs) Wait, isn't the original form pumpkin pie? It's a pumpkin. It's a vegetable. That's it's literally no, pumpkin. pumpkin spice. But like is pumpkin like spice. The nutmegs and the cinnamons. It's like what is in a pumpkin we pie? We don't need a live fact check Dennis's dessert. You know, oh you know let's just take it as text. You <laughs> know what I you. mean? Thank you. In terms of the actual language, pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice latte. Now, here's the thing. I am a little bit of a basic bitch, as we all know. I grew up in Ohio. We wear a lot of scarves. I like a pumpkin spice latte. Um, some people feel that way. Some people don't. But a lot of us talk about whether talk about the idea that the pumpkin spice is marketed earlier and earlier every year, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this thrills me oh, no. because I am <laughs> desperately waiting to get my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. And this year they're coming out on um, August 27th. Wow. Oh, oh my God. Goodness. And I don't find it offensive. I find it really exciting. Um, here's the other thing. I grew up um, in a home where we always had sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we never had pumpkin pie. We we made fun of pumpkin pie, as I think, you know, a fair amount of black families are wont to do because we're like, oh, it's inferior. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kenya. The right pumpkin pie 
is not inferior. No. The right no. pumpkin pie. I agree with that. I agree with is that. It's so satisfying. It's so like warm and comforting. And it brings me into the season where I know there's gonna be a little chill into the they're mm. chill in the air. I'm gonna need a big poofy scarf mm. that goes down to the ground. It's sweater weather. And your nipples I don't need, are always gonna my be my nipples are always hard. And I don't need <laughs> anybody else to cuddle me in that season. Because the pumpkin cuddles me. Oh, it no. warms me. Yes. I'm obsessed with it. The, and the other thing I'll say is actual pumpkin carving. I know it's like the straightest activity ever. Oh my God. But it's really fun. Dennis, <laughs> how many pumpkin spice lattes do you consume maybe on an average week uh, during pumpkin spice season? Oh, Four or five? No, four or five. Mm, what? If I, if I get a, if I go to the coffee shop, approximately every day, I will likely get a pumpkin spice latte. I <laughs> need to live my life the way you do because <laughs> I, I say I, that a lot. Too. I feel like I lack <laughs> joy on a day to day when I'm not consuming five pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> a pumpkin oh, spice latte will exquisite. bring you joy. Oh yes. my god. Yes. Wow. Well, And now there's like pumpkin spice like baked goods that are showing like like pumpkin spice chips and pumpkin like all these different things that are pumpkin there spice. Is pumpkin spice spam. Okay. No. That, there is. that I did not know. There is. Wow. And that I will not be trying. I don't know. Is Dennis going to fuck around and eat some <laughs> pumpkin spice spam? Dennis is going to fuck around and eat some pumpkin spice spam. I, Look it up. In, uh, the next time we go to Asbury Park, I will definitely eat some <laughs> pumpkin spice spam. I, <laughs> want, I want Dennis to do an unboxing video, and inside the box there is just pumpkin spice spam. If there is anyone out there who needs somebody to do an unboxing video of any kind of pumpkin spice product, please slide into my DMs, and I will happily do that unboxing wow. video. Well, thank you, Dennis. I mean, just for our diversity check, we needed a white woman on this podcast. Um, and and I, I, I'm grateful that you're here just simply to check a box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like Joe said at the top of this uh, dessert segment, we just wanted to make sure that we say that pumpkin spice is not pumpkin flavored. It's the flavor of the spice that you put with the pumpkin. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Oh, once again, we do not need to fact check Dennis' <laughs> dessert. Thank it you, Fran. Let me have it my dessert. It is truth. <laughs> thank you. You got to do White Claw. I'm doing your pumpkin well, spice. This is a true race to the bottom. Uh, <laughs> and not in a fun way. <laughs> okay. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at iHeartRadio. Our producer is the shade whisperer, Alexandra De Palma. Mm. Our social media manager is our rock bottom, Christina ah! Tucker. Uh. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or we fart on Dennis until they throw up in the car. <laughs> well, you know, it's happened before. Oh, my God. I'm Tommy Deep-Spico. You can find me at H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on all relevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on all social media you want. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me at my website at www.dennisnorrisii.com. <laughs> find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's main topic. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading and some extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally send your questions, thoughts, concerns and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com as always that's food, the number four and thoughts about how 
T H O T. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Spooky, spooky. <laughs> I hate it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.